Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Bullpen Talk.、Um, I have Hamish Smeaton、uh, as my guest today.、Uh, he's currently a strategy analyst at Capital One. Very happy to have you here. Thanks for attending. <laughs> no problem. Thanks very much.、Um, so I did some stalking on LinkedIn, and you, and you did your bachelor's and master's at Oxford. So what was it like studying in one of the most prestigious unis、uh, in the world? You're really hyping it up there.、Um, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was good fun. I had a great time at Oxford.、Um, in general, I think that the, the workload is intense. I don't think anyone's anyone's going to try hide that from you. It's 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 quite a lot. There's moments where you feel a bit buried in it. Um, um, everyone there is is very academically motivated and and spend a lot of time. So it is a little bit difficult to kind of escape that and make sure you do leave time for your other interests and 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 don't allow yourself to become too. Um, pressured by your academic workload, but、um, I found in general I enjoyed it later on、uh, a bit more in third and fourth year of my my four year masters. And、um, I got a bit more choice about the kind of maths that I I studied. I think first year was a bit of a shock to the system in that I didn't struggle as much at school and got to university and suddenly found there was so much more to learn and it was much much harder.、Um, so I think that was the biggest step up. And then once I kind of acclimatized to the expectations of me and, and got used to. Um, how to interact with the tutors and the material and my kind of course mates.、Um, it got a lot easier.、Um, um, I wouldn't say easier, manageable、um, in, <laughs> in the later years of my degree. But、uh, yeah, now in general, I really, really like being Oxford. It's such a beautiful city.、Um, there's、right. so much going on.、Um, offers so many, so much more than just the just the academics, which it's famed for. So I wouldn't about the workload. I wouldn't doubt it at all that the workload is out of top. I think I read online that、um, humanities student they had a weekly two thousand word essay. I hope that's a myth.、Um, <laughs> Is that no, 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 that 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 that's that's a that's a baseline. <laughs> that's a that's a bare minimum.、Um, uh, baseline. Yeah, at, at least at least one.、Um, sometimes they'll have twelve in an eight week term.、Um, it kind of depends what their their baseline was. Obviously for maths, we would have kind of varying between. Three and five problem sheets a week, most of which these problem sheets would be expected to spend eight hours on outside of lectures, roughly.、Um, the essays, humanities, I think, generally would have one essay a week. Some terms it was slightly lighter, and they'd have six in an eight-week term, but mostly eight plus. Um, some sometimes ten to twelve. Um, and I mean, it's weird because these these things don't don't actually contribute to your degree in any way. Um, but obviously, if if you're not performing well, there's going to be some sort of kind of Repercussions about people getting involved and asking you to kind of、uh, consider what it is,、um, what it is you're struggling with, and why you can't meet these deadlines. But、um, yeah, no, the, the, the workload is is a lot. The humanities students do have a, a lot of essays <laughs> regularly. Every every essay, every week, I'd, I'd hear about one of my friends doing a humanities degree with their weekly essay crisis that happened every week. That's that's not healthy. <laughs>、um, so. One thing about Oxford that I was look, doing some research on it, and you guys have some weird traditions. Uh, you guys wear something called sub fusk, uh, when you sit your exams and like bring that hat, but you can't wear it because you don't graduate, uh, until your fourth, a third year. What What do you think about these traditions? <laughs> yeah, you've done your you've done your research. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, sub fusk is a is a weird one. Um, I think it's a very much a love hate relationship. Um, I think when you arrive, you're a little bit like. Obviously, it's nice to dress up, and you feel like you're going through all the all the all the Oxford traditions. But it's very bizarre because, essentially, I think、um, that you just essentially wear like a a suit,、um, and then you have a very straggly gown over the top of you, the commoner's gown that you get when you first 
join is it's, it's more of a waistcoat really it's a bit odd um mm. and then you're right the, the motorboard that you you meant to wear as a hat you you aren't actually allowed to wear at all you, you you have to carry it when you when you matriculate which is what happens when you join the university um you wear subfusk for all your exams and again you're meant to take your motorboard to these exams but you are not to wear the motorboard at any moment in or on the way to the exams um but yeah no i think Subfusk is, uh, is, is not something you wear a lot. You wear for your exams and, and some colleges will ask you to wear your gowns for certain meals or certain formal events. Um, uh, my college, I would wear my gown most evenings for dinner um, and second year onwards, which was very odd because some colleges didn't do that at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think they, other universities, I think even Cambridge don't, don't have kind of formal attire for their exams and Oxford do. And I think it's quite a nice tradition and, and one that the students have regularly been asked about would they like to scrap or, or keep and, and regularly people say um, they prefer to keep that formal wear I think that's because you know the kind of pressure of it being the adrenaline rush of like okay this is a real thing now you've gone through school where you were where you were in uniform for your exams and, and now you're you're at university you don't feel like you're just wandering down the road in your jeans and t-shirt ready to sit your final exam. Uh, that's really interesting um, <laughs> so Oxford is when was that school established is it 1040 I don't even know how to say that number 2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2070-2
job scene that if you graduate at 21, 22, 23, you, you're still going to be doing exams. So you're kind of 26, 27 is, is the kind of expectation before you qualify. Um, I think I found the work really interesting and I found that kind of line of maths really interesting as well. So I did a couple of actuarial uh, type or financial models, uh, uh, model financial model modules um, at university as well. So I kind of, I'd always found those really interesting and in how we can apply that maths. And, and, and I, I'm kind of fascinated by the different lines that you have in actuarial. So obviously there's kind of uh, pensions and insurance as your main strands, but a lot of kind of business modeling and banking and, and credit risk, which is obviously what I work more closely with now, not right. specifically actuarial, but the same kind of risk management, um, you know, uh, discounting future uncertainty kind of uh, valuation approach to a lot of a lot of what our work is um but yeah I, I i'm definitely interested in the actual um work still and i found the work at pwc um very interesting um i think i would more lean now towards um insurance work rather than the mm -hmm. pensions work that i was i was placed in the pensions team there um because I, I think insurance is a lot more volatile there's a lot more things going on i think pensions obviously not not that it's a dying art but it's 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 you know it's the same every time same year everything whereas insurance you know the prices of different products will change new products can be available um there's insurance for all sorts of niche different things so it's much much less kind of the same every day i guess which would be quite interesting i think i might get a little bit more bored doing um pensions where there's not that not not that much changing right so is it more like um more like an internal team project kind of thing or is it more uh, client facing with that job with with the with the role at pwc sorry yeah 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 uh it, it was it was more client facing than the role i do now the, oh, okay. the role i do now is is not i mean we don't really have clients at capital one as a, yeah. as a credit card provider your clients are your customers and that you do have obviously frontline interact uh, interactions if you're an agent um speaking on the phone to those customers but um as an analyst in the in the back room i i don't ever directly interact with with customers whereas um as an actuarial kind of consultant i guess is what you are really um, okay. um in most actuarial roles is that you will obviously be required to do all that analysis behind the scenes too but um, as you get to more senior levels um mm -hmm. you're more likely to be uh customer uh client facing um and and speaking to companies who are um you know using pwc as their uh pensions kind of organizer um and and their you know, we're, we're going to them and we're deciding what they should do in terms to make sure they can provide all their pensions to their employees. So as you get to the more senior levels, you would directly interact with those clients a lot more. I think the first couple of years, it seemed most of the grads around me when I was on that internship had had a few interactions where they'd gone along with a senior member and sat in on a, on a kind of client meeting, but they, they weren't in those client meetings um, very regularly. Right. So, okay. So that's quite similar to banking in a way. Okay. So you study uh, math in came uh oxford oh oxford um how dare you how dare you <laughs> i mean they're like the top two so uh, i can't mix up um, so you studied math in university why the transition from maths to um working business uh i i think math is a really wide degree choice in terms of career i always enjoyed math at school and yeah. It was never really a question of what degree I was going to do. Um, it was not really career oriented at all. I just enjoyed math and was good at math at school. So it was, like, it was a, a bit of a no brainer to study it. Um, at, at university, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I found it a lot tougher um, and didn't enjoy the academic side as much and found 
the more applications to be to be quite interesting. So I did a bit of biological modeling, I did a bit of stats, I did a bit of teaching, um, uh, lots of kind of different areas of applying that mathematics. Um, and obviously, um, you can go into loads of things as a mathematician, you can go into teaching, you can go into banking, you can go into anything in the finance industry, you can go into kind of more physics -y, engineering type roles. Um, so it, it's kind of good to keep keep my options open, but I think I always kind of was interested in the financial roles because I found the, the concept of risk and uncertainty so interesting in all the, the courses where there was an element of probability or, or risk. I found those the most interesting math modules. So hmm. I knew that, that, that the finance and specifically the risk risk management areas of finance um, like actuarial and credit um, would be much more interesting to me because I would have some opportunity, obviously not to flex all my math knowledge at uni, but some opportunity to use the kind of skills that I had developed in, in my problem solving uh, and numerical, natural numerical skills from, from university maths degree. Right. And why the transition from an actuary intern to um, a business strategy analyst at Capital One? Uh, you're asking the tough questions there. Um, I, I didn't get offered the, the grad placement at, at PwC. Right. So um, I'm not, as I mentioned, 100% sure whether I would have taken it up. Um, I, I kind of made it quite clear towards the end of that internship that I wanted to do a bit more work in insurance. And, right. and uh, no kind of disrespect to PwC, but the way their teams are set up is that pensions and insurance are very, very separate teams. Uh -huh. Some other insurance companies or pensions companies deal specifically with one like them. Um, some are much more freely and that you get a bit of get a bit of chance to work on both. Um, so uh, the, 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 the role I have now was very much an outlier in the kind of roles I was applying for again as a grad. As a grad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was looking specifically more insurance roles um, and an actuarial kind of companies and Capital One was a, a very different role um, yeah. in terms of um, maybe not other skills I would use, but definitely different in the type of companies. Um, obviously being a credit card provider over like a, um, a financial services um, uh, kind of bank, uh, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it, I wouldn't say it's a massive transition. It's just that this yeah. was one of the other roles I was interested in. It just was not as similar to the kind of the median of the roles I was applying to. Um, it was just a different role and I got the offer and I thought, well, that, that's, that's, that's interesting enough that I'm definitely going to do it. Um, doesn't mean that in the future, I won't still continue to, to, to look out for potential opportunities to try actuarial again. Um, obviously as an intern, I think I only got six weeks, um, in 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 that industry and that's not really in, uh, sufficient to decide whether i want to do that yeah, long term yeah right now i'm happy in my current role i don't see any urgent desire to, to move but i'm definitely keeping my options open in the future to potentially go into that but as i mentioned the later i decide to do that if i do um that means four years of exams and i've got very used to not <laughs> having to to work in my evenings i've got very used to not having to think ah oh, work's done now time to get back to the books um which obviously was was a very oxford mentality that, make, that makes sense that makes sense um so you know there are two main offices uh for capital one one in nottingham one in london which, which one are you based in um i <laughs> i am based in the nottingham office not that i've ever been there yet um i joke i joke i've, I've been to both offices before when i had my interviews um both for an internship that i applied earlier in my degree um uh -huh. and then for the grad scheme so i've been to both offices i've also finally very recently had my first day in the office but that was in the london office just because okay. um it's easier for me to be able to stay in london uh, um recently than i don't know as many people in nottingham so um i'm meant to be moving to nottingham 
when we go back to the office, but that's still kind of unconfirmed. Potentially, I'll be moving over summer, so that's when I'll start to go into the Nottingham office more regularly. But right. currently, where I'm based and where I will go back if office <laughs> life returns as normal would be would be the Nottingham office. That makes sense. Um, Nottingham's great. Have you have you been there? <laughs> um, twice. Uh, once twice. for my interview, and once right. um, many years ago, I went to the. I was staying at some conference centre near Derbyshire and we went to the ice rink in Nottingham. That's the only oh, other place right. I've been to in Nottingham. So I don't, I've had a little wander around the city, but that was, that was some six, seven years ago now. So um, yeah, I can't say an awful lot about the city. I didn't choose that city. I chose the London yeah. as my, as my preference, but right. a lot of grads, as you might imagine, also choose the London as a preference and just through the timing of my application and when I was able to get an interview in yeah. an assessment centre, by the time my my application was processed and they were happy to give me the offer um they'd already filled out their kind of capacity for for london grads of my role right okay um i mean nottingham's great um like compared to compared to a career where i'm based i genuinely i don't think it's an exaggeration to call it a concrete jungle so it's a very busy city loads of apartment like no nothing but nottingham's like just full loads of parks loads of um like forests I don't know, like Nottingham Forest, that kind of gives it away. Um, yeah, I think I think it's great. <laughs> I think you'll yeah. really like it. Um, I guess, yeah, it's, it definitely depends what you're used to because if you're used to, to a huge, big city, as you say, the Concrete Jungle, mm. that's not like, you know, it's sort of even bigger and, and um, scarier than, than like <laughs> London. But uh, I'm from like a very rural upbringing and I live right. in the, the Lake District. Um, so oh, I'm wow. very used to I'm very used to having the national park on my doorstep with all the, <laughs> the mountains. Um, yeah, um, it's great. So to me, Nottingham, while you know, is a small city and really maybe beautiful and rural to you. <laughs> to me, to me, it's still still a city and it's still a, a big step up in terms of the, the number of people that are around. But yeah, I mean, it's it's I don't think it's massively dissimilar to Oxford in size. So I'm now used to that kind of size of city. Um, obviously, it's very different to London, but um, yeah, definitely to where to where you live. <laughs> I did not expect that one. <laughs> um, so uh, why Capital One? I guess uh, you know, there's uh, in terms of credit card companies, there's Amex and others. What what do you think makes Capital One kind of unique in their own way? I think. Um, I mean. This, this is kind of more what I've learned after I started Capital One and less, less, mm. um, less something that kind of drove me to apply for the business. Um, I, the, the, the reason I kind of applied was because the role sounded really interesting mm. um, and, and they seemed to have a very good kind of reviews on, like, on, their, on their grad um, okay, program. Yeah. I had heard many people say kind of really positive things about um, the grad and intern programs at Capital One. Um, in terms of why them over other credit card providers i, I think we we have an ethos um ethos of like doing um doing doing things right and, and doing right by the customer mm-hmm. um i think the, there's, there's a definitely a negative um perception around credit card providers um in the same way as there is around like loan shark companies um and obviously they're not the same um the the, the percentage you pay on a credit card is nowhere near that of a loan shark but for those who are maybe not as familiar um of where the, the kind of the, the fence is between those two different um, products, um, there is there's a, a massive difference. And I think Capital One, through my experience in the, my, my first year, is that we regularly are making decisions with our customer intent at mm-hmm. heart. Like we can't, they're, they're, they're what make our business, that's what makes us a profitable business. Obviously every 
every business is trying to be profitable, right? But if we're doing something that um, is negatively impacting customers, um, that's very rarely going to result in a positive impact for us um, because we're going to get bad customer loyalty. We're going to have people kind of decide not to use their cards anymore. We're going to get in problems with um, financial conduct uh, if we are treating our customers unfairly. Um, so I do think that we are up there in terms of um, many of the, the kind of statistics that make me more comfortable with working in this industry um, because I also maybe had the perception before I joined credit that, mm -hmm. that credit was always bad and I don't think that's as, as true um, it's it's a it's a resource it's a utility that people kind of need and there is a demand for it and we're just providing it in the same way that other providers are but I believe that we're going about it in in the best way we can um, to make sure that we're providing uh, the, the the product the, the, the utility to the customer and they're obviously paying in interest for that product um for the for the you know for the car that they can get and spend the money in advance of when they maybe have it um so i think it's a really interesting industry the concept is 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 is, is fairly simple um but but um yeah I, I think we're doing the best we can for our customers okay yeah i think yeah that makes sense um so i'm not i'm, I'm sure um not every day uh would be the same but uh could you kind of give a brief summary of your role on a say a weekly basis um yeah sure so i i work in uh the, the customer management team it's one of the, the strategy teams that we we have at capital one so uh -huh. i um my role is um dealing with customers that we already have um and trying to decide how we contact them, when we contact them, uh, what we contact them about, um, how we protect them from going into maybe long-term debt problems, right. um, how, what additional products we offer them, any rewards we offer them. So that's everyone in customer management does those kind of discussions about um, how we interact with our existing customers, essentially. Um, my role specifically is, is um, more to do with the um, protecting customers from um, entering uh, from debt difficulties basically so um, looking at using our data and looking uh, doing some kind of coding um, in SQL to decide which customers maybe we're a bit concerned about uh, which customers we should maybe kind of uh, get in touch with um, to to kind of prompt them to, to um, I know get in touch with us if they're struggling or, or make them make it clear what the, op the options are for them um, if they are struggling um, so um, yeah I, I think that's my main kind of overview of the of the main things I do. In, a, in an average week, I would maybe do some 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 coding to produce some data analysis, um, maybe producing some sort of decks for some meetings to, to kind of uh, make these decisions, help make uh, people in the team and more senior members of the company make decisions about uh, what we do for these customers. Um, I guess as we have obviously lots of tests and controls to make sure that everything we're doing is, is correct. So I right. obviously will run some of those tests to kind of check that everything is, is running smoothly. Uh, our monitoring is to check that all our metrics are, are, are as we expect them to be. So lots of interesting things going on in, in an average day, uh, average week, I guess. But um, it's it's all kind of coding analysis and making um, some decisions on on those um, pieces of analysis. Um, so would you have a favorite experience or a favorite project that you've worked on? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, the projects are quite big, so they, they last quite a long time. And I'm only right. really on to my, uh, I mean, some of, them, some of them are smaller, but as a grad, you join and you get given a, a kind of 
a project that's designed for a grad to kind of help right. you learn. So um, it's something that's that's still adding business value, but it's maybe been on the backlog and isn't isn't as urgent, isn't as important. So mm-hmm. it kind of gives you the scope and the freedom to own your own project, but but feel comfortable that you can mess it up and feel comfortable that right. no one's gonna kind of be snapping for for deadline because <laughs> it's not that urgent. So um, that lasted for the first kind of few, four four five months I was working on that project. I obviously really enjoyed that because it was a learning process for me and. Yeah. Um, and I got to kind of understand a lot more about the business by speaking to other stakeholders that that, that this kind of decision was relevant to. Um, so I really enjoyed that just on the flexibility front. Um, the main project that I've been working on since then, um, I've been working on with uh, another analyst and, and that's been really, really interesting. It hasn't gone live yet. It's meant to go live right, soon, right. but I really enjoyed that because that's a much bigger piece of work and much more um, kind of important that we get it right. So um, a bit more pressure on it, I guess, maybe to to to, to um, get the right outcome because my first project as a grad, there's much lower expectations of of, of what you produce. Um, but uh, once you're past your grad project and you're a bit more settled and you know you know what your role is, um, I guess the expectations and the pressure gets a little bit higher to produce um, right. good results. But um, yeah, I'm really I've really enjoyed both the two projects. That there's other little pieces of work in and around, but both those projects I've enjoyed quite a lot really. I think I think that approach really that's really smart. Uh, giving grad a shot on the project to find if you mess it up. It's just you know like there's just so much for you to learn. Like you learn from your mistakes. So yeah, that's definitely great. Um, so on the on the, I I was looking on the graduate uh, scheme brochure and I saw a couple of best place to work um work at awards, uh, many perks. Do you think all these together like truly make your work enjoyable or helpful? Um, as in like the, the, the awards, I guess the awards are for kind of company's <laughs> pride, I guess, because yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's obviously a, a good thing that kind of we've contributed to earning those awards because a lot of, a lot of, you know, surveys go out to staff to, to yeah. decide who, who gets these awards, I guess. And um, um, in terms of like the, the, the benefits of working at Capital One, yeah, I'm really happy. Like I, I, as, as I mentioned before, it wasn't maybe my first choice of industry to go into. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it was an outlier in the kind of roles I was looking at. Um, so there was definitely a part of me that was a bit hesitant with it being a credit provider and the, the, the negative perception around working in that industry. There was definitely a part of me that was hesitant. And when I got here, that the culture was really, really great. Um, my my team have been really, really good. You get given like a mentor and right. a buddy and a manager and, and they're all kind of three separate people. And all three of those were all really prepared to, to help me uh, settle in, um, always really encouraging me to ask questions and, and utilize them as a resource. Um, and I think I found that in other teams as well. There's very few, if any, people that I can remember kind of not going out of their way to help me. Um, so definitely is a, a, a positive culture and that, that, that Capital One has managed to kind of maintain even through the pandemic, which is, which is great. Um, so I guess that's where all those kind of awards come from. Um, in terms of like the benefits, um, maybe I'm not experiencing them as much because of the work from home. Um, I know that like the Nottingham office has um, a gym, which I've not been able to use. Um, there's lots of kind of like social areas that you can use. Um, um, obviously, there's like a canteen, which is to some extent subsidized. I think they've now built a cafe downstairs, which is also to some extent subsidized. Right. There's a lot of other perks that you would probably get in normal circumstances where there's team team meals out or whatever or team uh, drinks after people get promoted i know but i've not maybe experienced all of this so i can't <laughs> as much but i've i've heard about it um but yeah hopefully when we get back to the office um i'll be much more 
able to account for, for the truth of those those claims online. But um, yeah, com my colleagues are reliable sources, and and they've 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 said that being working in the office. That's why so many people are so keen to go back to the office. They've said that working in the office has been really really enjoyable, and kind of working from home, they feel like they've lost a lot of the the camaraderie that comes with with yeah. office work. Um, yeah and the kind of culture that you can quite easily have and, and social, social social office atmosphere. I see. So so definitely not like I hate my life, I hate work. That's not nothing like that. Uh, that's no, that's good. no, no. I mean, I know, I know many grads that, I know many grads that, that, that do say that about their, okay. their other jobs, but no, not, not a capital one, not a capital yeah, one. Oh, I know yeah. Many <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not asleep in my cover. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> as, as far as I'm aware, most most of the guards that I am close with and work with are really happy as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it's definitely not a I'm hating things. Um, I, I'm in general, it'd be, it's really well, that's what's going to make the decision so hard yeah. later down the line if I do find yeah. an, an actual opportunity. Is that currently I have no massive desire to leave this company, um, even though it was maybe not the first choice for me to join. Which obviously is a credit to the company, really, the fact that um, even for someone who maybe that it wasn't the kind of their their aim to get to this company wasn't their kind of first choice the fact that they're there yeah there'll be a struggle for me to leave even though i do find an opportunity yeah. that maybe um was more what i would have wanted as a grad that's that's great um so my my experience so i i did an internship uh in a boutique investment bank and the first week the first couple of weeks i've joined it was literally when an associate just left right before i joined and they were so busy because um, the workload just increased significantly. And one person, one analyst was in charge of eight deals at one at, at a time. And like, I, they, I, did, I didn't have a chance to like properly introduce them to myself. And like all I could really hear for uh, during my first week was just crazy um, keyboard typing. That's all I could really hear. And not saying that I didn't enjoy it. It was all new to me. So I did really enjoy it, but. Yeah, I guess I guess like enjoying what you do. I think that's that's good. That's important. Um, <laughs> uh, so do you uh, have um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, definitely is because like if, if I wasn't enjoying my work, it would be very miserable. Like you do every every company in every role will have busy weeks. Um, where for whatever reason, whatever deadlines there are, internal, external, there's going to be a, a natural bottlenecks in in the work that you have, and it's obviously trying to to see those and make sure that you have the resource in terms of the number of people on that role. And obviously when, uh, as in your situation, you've described when someone leaves uh, unexpectedly, that, that can kind of create a little bit more work for, the, for their colleagues. But, um, but, but yeah, I think there's times where I have to do a little bit work, more work than I would like. There's times where I'm a little bit busier and I have to kind of turn down helping other people with, with requests um, because I just can't fit it into my schedule. But mm -hmm. in, in general, um, I'm, I'm at a fairly consistent, comfortable capacity where I can, you know, turn off uh, after work and relax in the evening and don't feel um like um oh god i've got to go back to work tomorrow again yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do you have uh, any advice for students who would be interested in applying to um capital one as a strategy analyst um so how, how would they need to prepare for the position um i mean there's several rounds of the of the this, uh, the application process obviously oh. you have um the kind of the normal uh, form on online, uh, which is like how you start every application, yeah. some sort of like online tests. Um, again, I think from memory, fairly similar to other companies. Um, but uh, the the kind of the later stages, uh, you have kind of a case study style questions where they'll present to you um, 
a certain problem with maybe like a business um, or with maybe like some sort of company. I don't know. I can't remember the exact example of mine, but they'll ask you to kind of think quite quickly on the fly. Um, so it's about being ready to to tackle kind of, yeah. as, you, as you mentioned, be prepared for the unexpected. I know that's a really cliche <laughs> um, piece of advice, but uh, no, I think you, you have to kind of, uh, I wouldn't say you can really practice numerical skills because the math they'll ask you to do is not like super, super challenging, yeah. um, but like being ready and being comfortable to work with, with uh, the potentially graphs and, and numerical pieces of information, uh, making sure you, they might not give you all the information you need. So you maybe have to think, oh, is there anything else that I need to do this? Or can I actually do this with the information I've given? Might be part of the task might be mm-hmm. hoping that the, the candidate is able to say, actually, don't I need this as well? And then they'll give you that. Then just be aware that they might be holding back on some pieces of information. I think that's how case studies usually are, where they're trying to see where how your brain is thinking and, and okay. what, what about if you were doing that piece of work or if you were working for that company, right. what it is you'd be like, how long it would take you to realize, oh, I need this as well. Oh, I don't think I, I can use this without this piece of information as well. So I think that's something that I found was, was useful. Um, and then the later stages, they have a similar, similar round where you have a case study just with a more senior member and then a, a group interview as well, um, where obviously you, you want to show that you're able to collaborate with other people as well as yeah. having your own independent thought. So yeah. that's a lot to do with kind of, um, yeah, just how your teamwork is as well. Um, can very much depend on who else is there and, and how that how that day goes. But you can always make a, a good show of yourself by making sure that you are encouraging others to show their share their views as well as you. Right. So um, not coming from a non-business background and uh, in uni and doing business related case studies, would you say that your previous experience helped or was it uh, like, did you have to take extra steps uh, to overcome that? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, okay. uh, there definitely were kind of aspects where there was like more, I don't know, mathematicians always say wordy. Um, because we don't really use words. Like, I mean, right. we use words, but like, but like wordy questions where the answer is not an, a number. Um, obviously, right, right. for business students, there might be more natural. They would know the answers to the kind of words questions and some of the more generic business questions i guess but as a mathematician with very little business context um maybe um they weren't expecting me to to know as much about about how the business would work but right. i mean it was very simple stuff i think it was okay. like things like oh yeah if this business what kind of costs would they have what kind of um revenue sources would they have and and i don't think you need to do that much business like degree level work uh-huh. to, to have a vague understanding of how an example company would work um obviously you're not being expected to know all the finer details of every single kind of cost and and, and revenue source they have but knowing what the vague business model is is probably the, the absolute limit that you you need to go to okay. um but yeah no it's not uncommon for mathematicians to go into the into this um role i think of my cohort four four or five of okay. the 50 are, are mathematicians so it's right it's a very common degree to go into into this industry so i don't think they're expecting super high level um like business knowledge okay um is there anything you would like to add uh, about your experience or anything else uh <laughs> you can say no you can say no <laughs> no you can say no um, it's fine <laughs> yeah I, I can't i can't think of myself but like obviously i, I can't massively account for what life will be like in the office i'm really excited to get back to the office just because um it'd be nice to kind of experience you know working alongside people i feel like some people are more productive at home some people more productive in the office i guess but uh um i think on balance uh, i'm i'm appreciating the perks of being at home but i I would 
like to at least be in the office several days a week so I can see people. And it's definitely nice to have the flexibility to to, yeah. to travel and work from different places. Um, yeah. So hopefully that that will be a thing that they consider when we go back, which I think is meant to be after summer. That's the current current target. Nice. Um. Yeah. I think I think that's it from me too. Um. Again, I really appreciate you uh, doing this. Um. You, are you you're a huge sports fan or? I am. I am a. I'm a big sports fan. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I sport a lot of different sports. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge, massive, passionate fan of of any particular sports. But yeah, I'm, I am into sports in general. Yeah. Uh, rugby. I am into rugby. Yeah. Okay. Um. Because uh, I've recently done actually um couple of days ago i've done it with i've done this podcast with a rugby player ex-rugby player um and that's going to be released on friday so if you want to oh, uh, really yeah who was that his name's charlie piper um he's he's won the under 20s world cup in 2016 for england uh what else uh he played for harlequins for four years but he's now working in uh wealth management so yeah oh wow okay okay I mean that's that's crazy. <laughs> more distinguished guests than me on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> um, no, that sounds great. I mean, I'm, I'm, my main sports that I kind of follow the most is, is basketball and football. Basketball, but, um, okay. but, uh, right. Playoffs but, are um, on. Playoffs are on, but my team are out. So, what's your time. team? Miami. Oh, same. Jimmy Butler, hero. And... Yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible story last year, <laughs> and, and an absolute an absolute disappointment this year. Trainwreck. Was everyone, everyone was everyone was shocking. We couldn't hit anything. All right. Um, I really appreciate you doing this, man. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you for cool. thank you thank you for coming. No, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Um, lovely to meet you.